Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. Okay, so uh, back again uh, this week uh, with a week off in between, just based out of uh, sheer uh, craziness and activity and, uh, you know, real world getting into the way of stuff. Um, But uh, had a busy weekend, uh, a fun weekend, um, and wanted to talk here about uh, some things that uh, I end up getting talked to by or asked about uh, by many friends after posting Mm -hmm. uh, and... uh, and kind of after visiting, and, and that's basically going to cons or comic cons mm-hmm. um, specifically. Yeah, uh, you, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you've been to you've been to a few too, haven't you? Um, so I, I've been able to to make it out to San Diego the past couple of years, um, and then since I moved to Chicago, we're actually uh, pretty close to where they hold uh, what's it, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, or uh, more commonly known as C two E two. I've been to other ones as well before and so as i was thinking when we were you know spitballing that we could cover some of this i was trying to remember which ones they were and i can't remember for the life of me what they were where they were anything like that but i know i've been to a couple other conventions besides just the uh uh just the the two big ones that that i've i've hit here um and there's plenty of other ones uh so san diego is probably the biggest in the u.s um new york comic-con is the next biggest uh from a comic-con perspective um then Emerald City, uh, which is in Seattle, and Sh- Chicago C2E2 are probably the next biggest. Um, there's plenty of the rotating Comic-Con that it essentially is also called Wizard World. Um, and so a lot of them have very similar formats. There's been a number of them sprout up over the past couple of years um, where you've got actors in the pop culture area that have kind of started their own, like Stephen Amell from Arrow uh, started mm-hmm. his own, uh, I think it's Heroes and Villains Fest. Um, and so they were they were in town here a couple months ago. Uh, but a lot of them have a lot of similar experiences with panels, a big expo floor, um, the recent boom of a huge amount of cosplay. Um, and it really brings kind of everything together and, uh, is pretty much everything you can ask for, uh, in a kind of a, a geek perspective and kind of covers everything that we we've talked about, uh, so far on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I haven't been to, I haven't been to too many. I've actually officially only been to like one convention and that was that playthrough convention down here, uh, last year. Like we have an amazement, uh, mm-hmm. down here in, in Raleigh and they they're doing like a super con but I never go like my uh my my urge to bully people would be too strong <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean it's bad enough if I walk into a card shop but you put a, a thousand of them all in one space it's gonna be pretty tough yeah it it ends up being a uh it, it comes and goes and so I mean that's what uh, it's I first started going to, to San Diego based off of uh, one of my good college friends um, going and seeing there and, and basically, you know, having San Diego always been on my uh, my wish list. It was the, the next thing that I, I wanted to do. So that was kind of where I got christened into a lot of the cons was uh, uh, Comic-Con about four or five years ago out there. And then now going to smaller cons, it's like I judge everything against that. So walking mm-hmm. into somewhere and having it be crowded or waiting in a line isn't as bad when I understand kind of the what when you take line waiting to the extreme, when you take uh, attendance to the extreme. Um, so like I was looking up numbers last week for some of this stuff, and 
So I think C two E two was probably or the advertised numbers were pushing like fifty or sixty thousand. I want to say uh, maybe even been in the seventies as far as aggregate attendance. Um, I believe last year for San Diego, so twenty sixteen attendance was upwards of like a hundred and forty thousand, um, maybe even a little bit more. Um, so when you have all of those people in a confined space, I mean those are. Uh, that's larger than most, you know, small towns in the, in the U S. So when you have that many people in kind of like a, a six square block radius, it, it's going to get tight. It's going to get uh, a little bit punchy and, and definitely a little bit pungent uh, as well, but uh, <laughs> it, it's generally a good time. Yeah. The, uh, so I, I don't think, I don't can't remember if we actually talked about the, uh, the playthrough convention experience. Uh, we touched uh, on it briefly with some of the stuff that you were looking for, kind of some of the games, but we didn't really dive into it. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm kind of like the, so that's a really small convention. Um, uh, it's, it's, it was like the second or third year it's been around, I think it's the second. And, uh, it was a hot mess. <laughs> uh, I've never been to something and been like, man, there needs, well, I mean, outside of GPs or whatever, <laughs> but like a, an organized event and been like, there needs to be more, there need to be more people here selling stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's always a, a bad feeling when you go and be like, oh, they they just, you know, did not advertise for vendors or anything like that. Because, I mean, that's kind of what keeps people there and kind of keeps people looking around as opposed to, oh, OK, and then just keep walking and moving. And then they get they get bored of everything and, and keep moving. Yeah, the um, it was funny. So East Coast was there. And the main reason I went is because I've been really wanting to play some diehard arcade games. And uh they have, and I haven't put together a MAME cabinet yet, and I've been putting it off. Um, and they advertised a free play arcade. And uh, I was like, shit, I was like... As in just go and right. play as many games as you want. Yeah! For as long as you want. Yeah, like I was, I was hyped. And uh, I get there, and it's a disco duck machine. Uh an empty slot, an empty slot machine, uh, two pinball tables, uh, a cabinet that had NBA Blitz and uh, Hang Time, and uh, some broken light gun games that you would find in a bar. And that was it. And it was just like, oh, and a jukebox. And, and a jukebox. Well, it's and, a start, uh, but that's, I mean, that's definitely <laughs> not when it that shouldn't be one of your main attractions at that point. I mean, you can end up having, uh, you know, call it out or, or say you can advertise for it on the floor, but that's definitely not going to be something that you want to drag people in. If that's your, if those are your only options. Yeah, it was, that was pretty bad. Uh, some of the vendors, you know, there were a couple of the local game stores and, uh, they didn't get any of the local, all, there was a game store that I bought that I ended up buying most of my stuff from. That came all the way from like West Virginia. Okay. So it, they didn't even get the local people, and I know there's like a couple local like retro game stores in the in the area. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, outside of like the chains and that, and just like some small mom and pop stuff didn't even go to local vendors. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Like I'm buying all this stuff from this guy from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, where I, I mean. And I, that ends up being a problem where, I mean, I'll talk about that when I talk about San Diego um, for some of it where it's just, it's a matter of space, but then it's also a matter of pricing people out of tables. Um, and so mm -hmm. 
because cons are so popular, they tend to, to sprout up um, pretty often. But I've following some of the kind of the, the con community and stuff like that, you see some of them that basically do uh, kind of peter out or just don't ever get a repeat attendance just basically because of them trying to charge too much for tables and then the vendors not showing up and kind of et cetera, et cetera. So that ends up being a, a common case for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I uh, there was a lot of it I was really, really surprised by. Um, and I was really disappointed. There was a lot of the setup I was really disappointed in. Um, they held all the panels, um, which weren't very good. I, I wasn't expecting a lot from the panels, uh, but some of the – I wasn't, you know. One guy basically got up and talked about his favorite N64 games. Uh-huh. And then, you know, afterwards I talked to him, like, you know, is there anything you talked about that you didn't want to talk about, you know, of like hidden gems for the N64 and didn't know the system well enough to talk about like the games on the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not one of those people that know a shit ton about the system, but if you're going to do a panel on the N64 and the only games you can talk at a gaming convention and the only games you can talk about are Mario 64 Mario Kart, Smash Bros, and Mischief Makers. There's other, there's there's fucking 290 other games on the system. Yep. Like, is one of them any good? Like, well, I mean, giving him credit, like, I mean, he didn't include GoldenEye in there, so I mean, that's at least you know leaving leaving one of the mainstream games out out of the way. Oh no, he I was I was he he talked about every single mainstream game. The only one he didn't was Mischief. The only like sort of deep cut one that wasn't deep cut was Mischief Makers and that's not even like a that's not even like a deep cut anymore. So like I asked him I was like, you know, cuz I know like a little bit about the system and I, like I know there's some other games there, but and they'd be like going to I don't know, they'd be like going to a comic book panel and a comic con and they don't know like Days of Future, like they only talk about Days of Future Past, like it's the only good X Men story. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that probably makes sense to somebody, but because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only comic that I know, and I didn't even read it. I just saw the movie, mm-hmm. and I like, yeah, I bought I bought some of the Hero Clicks because I I'm a sucker for collectibles. Um, well, that was the, the interesting this year. There was uh, mentioning Hero Clicks. There was a a sharp rise in the number of Hero Clicks dealers i saw on the floor at c2e2 um and they also had a, a much expanded gaming section um mm-hmm. so it ends up being one that uh since it isn't uh, essentially comic-con but it's comics and entertainment expo it's generally advertised as a, a pop culture convention um because tying yeah. back into one of the other topics we've we've touched on a couple times um apart from some of the other cons c2e2 also has a very large wrestling contingent um mm-hmm. and so uh who was it uh lita was here over the weekend mean gene okerlund was here um god he's getting up there too jeez there were one or two other people that i can't remember from kind of that hate day um uh aj mendez brooks who uh, wrestled under the name aj lee uh she was there she had a a main (laughs) panel that we went to um her 
her husband, Phil Brooks, who wrestled under the name CM Punk, uh, had a panel, a live interview. He had a booth there as well. Um, and so there's, and even a lot of the vendors, I, yesterday, and I'll, I'll get into this when I talk about, uh, walking the floor, um, I, there were a lot of vendors have just WWE memorabilia and, you know, attitude mm-hmm. era and even long before that. Um, but I, I was contemplating buying like a hot pink, uh, Brett, the Hitman heart windbreaker. Um, and mm-hmm. I just, I didn't pull the trigger just because it, it looked like it was, uh, designed to be vintage yet, you know, made a couple of weeks ago. Um, so oh. like it was probably going to be like one of those, uh, made for, uh, throwback style ones. So that was the only reason why I, I hesitated, but, uh, it definitely caught my eye. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, I see, I like, I like conventions like that, like, where the idea is it's more just general pop culture, um, with the, with a playthrough, so I imagine those panels and stuff, those, were those panels separate from, like, the main, the main show area? Yeah, so the the way C2E2 has it and even the way San Diego has it is you've got a big expo hall. So um, McCormick Place, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, the convention uh, area in in Chicago – like aggregate is like the largest single confined convention space in the the U.S., and so they have like I think a third of that dedicated to to some of the stuff for C two E two, but it's just one of the giant massive expo halls that they have. And so this year they even moved in like they had a family HQ which was a, another area separate, but the, this year they moved it into the expo hall on the floor. They had an area for cosplay central with a lot of cosplay oriented stuff. Um, they have autographs that and signing areas where you, you can go and line up and, and like pay for selfies or pay for autographs and stuff like that with uh, a bunch of different people. Um, so they have like a bunch of different stuff all stationed on the floor, but then in the middle they have all the vendors who are like selling stuff and you just walk up and down the aisles. And then in C2E2, it's upstairs. They have um, a bunch of the panel rooms. So I think there were at any given time, I want to say up to 10 panels going on at a given time. Um, Mm -hmm. and so they had a handful of rooms anywhere from maybe, I want to say 40 people all the way up to, you know, a couple thousand, um, in San Diego, that number probably increases to where they've got anywhere from 20 to 30 panels at a time. Um, and then those rooms go from, you know, the 40 up to 8,000 in hall each. So you have a wide gamut there, but all of those are kind of, you have the floor and then you have all of the panels kind of separate and, and somewhere else. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, with that's totally not what happened at playthrough. They only got a part of the building for the convention. Okay. And everything was basically jammed into the size of like two. Well, I'm my reference like two high school gymnasiums basically put together. Um, I'm t- I know that's gonna be subjective <laughs> for different people, yeah. but uh, yeah, it wasn't a great um. Did you ever do the did you ever do like an open in Charlotte? Uh no, the only one I was a, that I would have been able to go to I couldn't make cuz I think cuz of work so I didn't end up making okay. it to that one. Okay. Like it's it usually is about the same amount of space that an like an open would take cuz they all generally take about the same amount of space I think. So it's like a the hotel ballroom style type setting. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't um yeah, it was basically, it was like probably a little, like a little bigger that maybe like two hotel ball, ballrooms. Okay. Um, but nothing was separated out. 
Uh, so that free play arcade was right next to the panel area, which was right next to free play gaming areas, which were right next to the magic tournament that was going on. That was on the other, you know, directly next to the booths. Like, mm-hmm. So the amount of noise in the panel, like for the panels was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it was to the point where they'd be talking in the microphones and you couldn't hear them. Yeah, for some reason they've started doing that. I mean, it's not a it's not a con or a convention, but I guess it could be a con as a conference. Um, so the the work conference that I that uh, we do in Vegas for for work, um, the last couple of years they've started doing that on the expo floor as well. As far as a completely different amount of fun on the expo floor um, than than what you're getting at Comic Con, but um, they have like technical demos and and stuff like that, and it's. Basically, you have this giant sound system overhead blaring music and doing this stuff, and then they ask somebody to speak with, like, two small speakers, like, standing on the floor while everybody else is walking around them talking, and there's, you know, just yelling and everything. So it's just – it's a bad setup all the way around for that. So I I don't know why that's kind of become in vogue for for the floor setups lately. Yeah, it was, like, really just – it was really just disappointing – um, I only attended two panels, um, and it was I, I attended the N64 one because I wanted to learn something about the N64, uh, and I uh, attended one on like by there's like a YouTuber in Pinehurst, okay, uh, um, who came out and did the convention, um, which you know I know for a fact from some other stuff. There's bigger YouTubers in the area that were closer mm-hmm. uh that they didn't that they didn't reach out to yeah it's just, I, I mean at that point that it becomes a matter out. of outreach and then just who's doing what and who wants to see what yeah. and everything so uh, it, it could be a number of reasons but yeah that's when, when you know kind of that some of the key people aren't there that always is an issue yeah and i was yeah it was kind of a um it was kind of a bummer uh the yeah so it was like it was interesting like i paid for two days and only went to one if that tells you kind of how it went like, um, I also spent all my money, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't really worth getting out of bed on Sunday for, I didn't even get a really chance to play any of the arcade games either, which kind of sucked. But, uh, I mean, there wasn't really any arcade games to play. I mean, you know, selecting a Chuck Berry song on a jukebox isn't my version of an interactive video game. But. Well, I mean, if, if somebody's throwing footballs at your head while you're doing it, it's a little bit different, but you know, yeah, you just got to yeah. spice it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that would have been nice. That would have been a nice little, uh, little change. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we hit up a, a couple of panels this week and for me, um, I'll, I'll give a kind of a quick rundown, uh, mm-hmm. in a minute, as far as everything, my approach to going or attending cons and having fun and just kind of maximizing your time. But, um, I think I hit, Probably more panels this year than I did last year at C2E2, and San Diego is always a crapshoot for panels for me, but uh, we hit one on Friday for podcasting, um, which I, just because it was Friday and not Sunday, um, I don't remember the exact name. I think it was the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. I think I, I think that's the, that's the name of it, and they had a, a bunch of folks there. Um, then... We also hit the the AJ Brooks uh, AJ Mendez Brooks panel for uh, she has a new book out covering uh, just uh, 
basically her biography covering her time in the in the WWE, uh, as well as uh, basically stumping for mental health awareness and some of that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think we did anything late Friday, Saturday. We hit up. Um, I don't remember what other panel, but then we also did the the cosplay or the crown championships of cosplay. So we were able to go to to that um, in the the evening, uh, which I'll, I'll get into in a little bit. And then the uh, Sunday, I hit up another podcast panel, which was which to me was much more valuable than the first one, um, and that was the DVM Podcast Empire. Um, but it was kind of like a getting started podcast 101 and there was a lot of good talk and conversation in there, but that's most of those guys are, are on the DVM, DVMPE.com, uh, podcast network. Um, and they're, they're Midwest based. Um, but then they have a, a lot of global podcasts too, but it was also uh, very, uh, apt since the, they have a, a flash cast and an arrow cast and a lot of, uh, uh, fan cast for shows that we watch or shows that are relevant to, to the con circuit. Um, so that was cool to, to listen to and do that. So, um, it was definitely beneficial for me as well as just entertaining for a lot of that stuff. And, uh, we also got to see, uh, Mike Coulter, uh, from Luke Cage, uh, up close and, and personal at the, the Luke Cage panel, uh, which was quite interesting since there were just a lot of women asking to touch his pecs. Um, and so, so that ended up happening <laughs> quite often. Yeah. Yeah. I, that happens to me all, all the, the time. time. I got a, I got a, I got to fight them off with sticks. <laughs> so, I mean, in this, it, it wasn't bad where, I mean, like some of the panels were a little busy. Um, I think one of them we had to wait, you know, five, 10 minutes to, to get into. Um, but then the, the uh, one of them was also, or I think on Saturday, one of them was, um, kind of mental illness in, in comics and superheroes and supervillains and how, uh, you know, applied psychiatry to a lot of, a lot of the villains and heroes that are out there kind of gives a, a different spin on it. Um, and, you know, cause obviously like how much would therapy help Batman for some of this stuff, for instance, and, and things like that. So that, that was interesting how it applied and how it actually, you know, work towards uh, real world mental health awareness and stuff like that. So that was good where we had to wait maybe, five minutes before we got in, but then the rest of them aren't really too bad. Which is a contrast to, to San Diego where my motto for San Diego is, and it's kind of getting that way for C2E2 just with the lines and mobility, um, but it's, you know, plan for one or two things that you really want to do that day. Um, and I, I've heard some people say this is the case for New York, New York Comic Con as well. Uh, but plan for one to two things that you want to do that day and make sure you do it. Um, you know, line up early, make sure you know where you're going, make sure you're getting from point A to point B, stuff like that. Um, don't try to bounce between things that are either far away um, or have a very, you know, tight time window because there are going to be lines, you're going to be waiting. Um, and then all you're doing is like at the end of the day, you're just left up ex exhausted and you didn't get to see anybody that you really wanted to see, um, which just ends up, you know, sucking because then you just waste your money as opposed to consciously not attending. You're just attending, but not actually doing anything and then just running around and being bummed waiting in line. Um, so one of the, one of the alternative names that, uh, uh, one of our, our friends has, has dubbed uh, San Diego is line con. Um, since all people do is just come to town and wait in line. So that can happen and, and often does happen, but it's also not that bad to, uh, to have to worry about from a, uh, a, a kind of a, an entertainment perspective. If you, if you do, you know, target the, the couple of things that you want to do, you're able to, to basically get that and have pretty uh, unforgettable experiences. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Like I've been wanting to go to a, a, one of the bigger gaming conventions here. Um, 
I just haven't I just haven't done it yet. Um, because I, I have to I have to figure out which one I'd want to go to. I had a coworker who went to uh, PAX South. Yeah, and uh, he came back and he sounded very very disappointed. Uh, because he said there just wasn't a lot to do, which I thought for PAX is like kind of kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Um. But I've, you know, I've been wanting to do like one of the like the Richard Paloozas or or something like that, you know, uh, just to do. I figured it'd be easier to do with the retro game stuff because it's easier to like, oh, I can have a couple beers, play some video games, you know, buy some stuff, see some cool stuff, and just be on your way. Where like, like there are crowds there, but like it shouldn't be unbearable. But even like, even if that's the mindset you have going into any con, you're gonna have a good time. The 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 thing, and especially San Diego, just because San Diego is such a collector heavy con, um, and some of the other cons now are even like some of the gaming cons, like it would be Gen Con or Dragon Con, mm-hmm. um, or some of the other tabletop conventions where you have people going um, for specific slots. There's limited availability for some of that, but like there, as again, as long as you target one or two things, you can have a home run time and not have a problem. If you have the mindset that you had, yeah, I just want to go grab a beer, walk the floor do something and then call it a night, you'll have a great time. But it's the people that, you know, try to run everywhere, get all the free stuff, which in the end is just cheap crap in the, in the long run. Um, and then, you know, do everything and see everything and take advantage as, as much as possible. Those are the people that end up getting caught in line or there's cross traffic here. So they couldn't get across the street or they couldn't get out of the hall or something like that. So, I mean, usually like if you just go in like with your mindset, I think you would have a good time at pretty much most conventions that give it a little bit more time as opposed to the, it, uh, aside from the playthrough con that you mentioned, yeah, I mean, and to be fair, like that con wasn't that con wasn't bad. It just wasn't, um, you know, they needed more space. They needed to actually like do kind of stuff. Uh, I missed. Uh, I guess we had our comic con here in Raleigh, uh, and I just those like a convention should at least try and like get you to like trick you into coming out, mm-hmm. and like it that. The Comic-Con here never does that. It never... Because uh, Lita... You mentioned Lita, and I think she's actually coming to... Like, I have the fucking paperwork right in front of me. I'm looking over here like, where is it? Uh, <laughs> I probably threw it out. Uh, <laughs> um, she's coming to... She was either at that one or was uh, coming to another one in July. They're having something called a Supercon. Okay. Um, Which I have, had, you know, uh, no idea about... Um, cause I know they usually have like hero con down in Charlotte, like in June is usually, so it could be, she, she may be coming to that one and coming to another one or something like that, like being in the area for, uh, for a couple of cons. Yeah. Like I, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, more conventions in Raleigh is cool. It's like, that's a good, it's a good focal point. Um, I mean, especially since they already have an amazement and that does insane numbers, um, I'm actually looking at the guest list, right? Like, this is my problem, right? Like I'm looking at the guest list right now for, uh, an amazement since we're talking about conventions. Um, and I'm not, uh, like there's a guy playing a, uh, weird looking banjo, some guy with some drums, um, not even like you could at least get me out. You could maybe get me out of the house. Uh, with, uh, like, you get me out of the house with, like, one of the Dragon Ball Z guys, maybe? You know, not, I don't know. I was, like, 
the I don't know. Well, I, don't I mean, Adam Aisman again is is kind of going into the the anime side craze, and I know um, <clears throat> I have some friends in the, from North Carolina that um, are in the cosplay circuit, and that's one of the larger cosplay uh, conventions for for the area as well. Um, so they, they kind of have a, a community there where they try to get, uh, a lot of the, the cosplayers in the area to come out and, and do the majority of the stuff that they do for, uh, for that show specifically, which, uh, could lead us to a good episode down the line. Uh, we got to get some, get some time set up for, for one of my friends, uh, who used to be a cosplayer. Uh, she just doesn't have time for it anymore. Um, but she said she'd, she'd be happy to come on and, and talk about that. And so based on, a couple of years of cosplay experience as well as uh, in-depth experience with it with it this weekend. Uh, I, I would uh, not saying that I dressed up or I did have a cosplay that I there was just more people there that I was on the lookout for as opposed to usual since uh, we've been wanting to, to kind of cover that topic uh, as as a uh, as an episode by itself. So we we can go into that as far as the the depth of animation and, and kind of what the the detail in animation there as well. Yes. Uh, I did find so. What is it? Linda Young. Uh, she is the voice of Frieza in Dragon Ball Z. Okay. And uh, she kind of looks like Frieza. I'm gonna. Uh, that's mean. No, I kid. I kid. It's. Uh, well, I mean, I'll send you a picture. Um, well, this headshot is not a very. Like so. As someone who has acted, uh, not successfully, you know. You can pick your headshots that you send to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was just, I don't know. Let me see. God, okay, so it's not even listed. So, oh my gosh. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, the headshot that she has uh, for Animazement is not flattering. I, I was. I had my fingers crossed. and was going to say, "I hope you say it's her IMDb headshot," and then that would have been. Uh, th- th- that would have just been. They didn't even ask her. They don't even know. They just, you know, yeah, she's coming. Just grab her IMDb stuff and put it out there. Yeah, here I'm going to send you the the link so you don't have to Google. You just you just have to click it. Uh, how does this work? Do I click this, and then I think I click on your name. How do I? How do I? Oh, there we go. People get to uh, people get to listen to me figure out technology. <laughs> like Donald, aren't you a millennial? Yeah, but uh, I don't trust no no technology. Yeah, sure. I, I was just glad you didn't hang up the Skype call, so that's fine with me. <laughs> Rick, Rick, are you in the freezer? Rick. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not it's not a very flattering headshot. It almost seems like she looks like she's selling real estate in the headshot. Yeah, that's, it, it definitely, or it's a uh, real estate, or, or basically a, a get rich, uh, kind of a get yeah. rich quick scheme. Once once she gets to uh, uh, the the hotel uh, lobby. Yeah, definitely, it's not a great flight. Jeez, uh, uh, excuse me while I stroke out. It's not a good headshot. But like uh, you can anyway. So I don't want to. This woman is substantially more successful than I, I am, and has affected uh, affected many more people's lives than I yep. have. So, I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying. <laughs> she's much. She is much better of a person than I am. At least you know she's got headshots. So uh, that's that's a step. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. She's so kind of going off of that though. There's. I, 
one of the the topics that I had penned up for for this was uh, autographs um, and kind of photo ops. Where San Diego, it's a little bit of a clusterfuck since it's just kind of first come first serve, um, and a lot of the other ones in a lot of the Wizard World rotating ones. So when you have uh, Wizard World like Salt Lake City, Wizard World Philadelphia, Wizard World Chicago, yada yada yada, all the places that are doing these, they end up having like the larger uh, autograph sessions, um, and so one of the big uh, one of the big draws from this past weekend um and of course now i'm blanking on the name uh is the the voice actor for uh ash uh, and i want to say one or two other like pikachu characters and she's got some other stuff going on i i can't remember the name at the moment um also there were <clears throat> the blue ranger and the black ranger and the green ranger from the original power rangers um whereas last year uh I had met the Red Ranger there because a friend of ours was getting a uh, an autograph, and so we waited in line with her and, and talked to him. Um, and like Sunday, it was Millie Bobby Brown, uh, the actress that plays Eleven on Stranger Things, was there. Um, and so they have like a ton of a ton of these set up where you just go and pay for an autograph, um, and you can even like pay for a, a photo op. Uh, and we had paid for the the photo op with. Uh, Danielle Panabaker, who is the actress on The Flash that plays Caitlin Snow. Um, mm-hmm. Just to do it, last year uh, we had a buddy who, uh, I want to say, you know, six, seven, eight years ago had a, uh, maybe even further than that now that I'm thinking of it, he had done a photo op with uh, uh, Edward James Olmos, uh, who was, I think, maybe in the middle of doing uh, Battle Battlestar Galactic uh, with uh, uh his one of his lead roles there uh and then so he had paid for it paid for the photo op last year and he wanted to get the uh basically the same the same uh photo op the same uh kind of position uh and do it just to kind of have the before and after i guess um so i walked through it it was it was pretty cool so i I wanted to do that it wasn't wasn't that expensive um and so those are ones that kind of keep an eye out for certain cons where you have easy access as far as you're never really going to be able to see these, you know, celebrities or fan favorites again for any certain way. Um, and so the autograph sessions or the, um, uh, the photo opportunities are very usually easy ways just to be able to to have a quick conversation, uh, and then move on. And it's usually not too big of a deal. Now for those. So do you pay for those normally like San Diego and that? So San Diego, it's a first come first serve. They it's a ticket system. So uh, we'll get into to San Diego stuff in in a minute. Um, as far as with so many people being there, you just generally end up being in super uh, long ass lines. And I just again going back to my choose one or two things and make sure you do it. I usually mm-hmm. end up camping out for a lot of stuff um, just so that we make sure we can get it done. Uh, but the, all the other places, including C2E2 and the other smaller cons, um, most of them, you end up paying for, uh, autographs of some sort. Um, you know, the lowest I've seen is generally like 2025 for either just a simple autograph or a, uh, um, or like a, a selfie or like a, a, a kind of a quick table selfie, uh, with your, a picture with your phone, or if you're going to some of the higher end ones, um, or if you're going with the kind of the the stage photos where you're standing with them and all that stuff with a, a higher quality photo, uh, mm-hmm. those go you know anywhere from like forty to up. Where some of the big uh, 
the big draw for this weekend at C2E2 was the uh, attendance of both uh, Stan Lee and Frank Miller. Um, and Ooh. so they were both having, uh, signings and then they were both having photo opportunities as well. Um, and so I, th- I believe the base price for, uh, Stan Lee's, uh, um, photo opportunity was $110, um, where it's basically, uh, for those photo opportunities, you just walk in, um, they funnel as many people into a shoot as possible. You walk in, uh, they, you know, you pose take your picture, walk out, it's printed, and then you keep going. So it's like you're in the room for a very short amount of time. Um, <laughs> so the photo opportunities are there, but, uh, you know, Stanley, it was, it's understandable where, again, he's, uh, uh, you know, an icon in the genre. But at the same time, folks were posting stuff up on Instagram of the, the photos they got from him. And, like, I, I guess as the weekend went on, he got a little bit more enthusiastic, but some of them for Friday, he, he must have not been having a good day because it just looked like he uh, he did not want to be there. And he, he was – He's old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on Friday, every single one of those uh, those paid photo ops or whatever the first day he was doing it, whether it was Friday or Saturday, uh, his expression was there was not enough, uh, enough – uh, money that you could pay him to sit there and put a smile on. So he just, he didn't look like he was having a good day, which is unfortunate when, you know, that's why you're there is to basically to, to show up and, you know, to show your face and, and be happy for other people that are happy to see you. Um, it just ends up being rough when, you know, you are having a bad day and it's somebody else's $110 uh, ahead that they're, they're looking to, to spend just to see, to spend time, uh, you know, for three seconds of your time. Yeah, like I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Raleigh Supercon, uh, and it looks like they got substantially better guests than um, than well, obviously than Animazement, and uh, they even got the better anime guests, which is weird. Like that's weird, right? Like <laughs> some of the circuits end up having, um, or they basically they have circuits of what you would think are unaffiliated uh, cons, but then they end up being uh, run by larger organizers or something like that. So uh, San Diego is its own independent Comic-Con, but then they run uh, San Diego Comic-Con as well as WonderCon, which is in Anaheim. Um, I think, I I can't remember New York off the top of my head, um, but then like Wizard World has a a ton of them that they run all around the country. Read Pop is the one that puts on C2E2, but then they also do the Star Wars Celebration, uh, which was just in Orlando like a couple of weeks ago. Um, And so they end up having some of these larger event planning or con planning companies uh, that don't necessarily have uh, all of them by name, but then they may end up being like interrelated somewhere. So they end up using like the same bookers for some of the same guests and things like that. Um, so it's interesting to see some of the, the crossover between there where they're able to, to kind of get a, a larger commitment from some of those people based on uh, having all of the, instead of just getting a guy to come to one con, they're able to get, you know, those people to come to, you know, four or five cons at the, the, with a bigger payout. Yeah, I can see that. I can see how it all goes together. I'm looking through. You know, this could this could be a fun thing for me. I I could maybe get behind this. Maybe I can. Uh, well, I would say I'd like I'd get high with Jason Muse, but uh, I think he's clean now. I yeah, think he's I mean, like, that's that's his podcast now that they end up uh, uh, basically going and uh, kind of telling stories and stuff like that. Yeah, like I could I could yeah I could hang out I could hang out with Jason Muse, but uh. I probably Brian O'Halloran. I mean, I mean, if you could imagine like the number of people that like, you know, no, no clerks, that movie came out in what? 94. 
Yeah, I want to say around there. Yeah, like, I mean, nobody really knows. I mean, people know Kevin Smith, obviously, but like, you know, if you're not, I mean, it's what, like folks our age, you know, because you're, you're a few years old than I am. Uh, the, uh, there, there you go. We're just going to break some of the illusion there for our yeah, listeners. <laughs> the, uh, but I thought Donald was older. I don't know why they all kind of sound. That's that, that voice is uh that voice is a little too gruff for our listeners. Well, it's a uh, cross between like Wolverine and yeah. the uh, Christian Bale Batman. So, where's Harvey? He's sleeping. Oh my god! Yeah, I want a number five. It's the meal. It's the meal. Uh, I don't deserve, but it's the meal that I need. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> There, there's our impression for the week. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like, I mean, I could, I could get behind, uh, I could, this, that would be a fun little con to go to. Um, are there any that you're, like, looking forward to? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to San Diego uh, this summer. I mean, I always end up going. One of the big draws <laughs> for me for San Diego is, again, uh, with the magic stuff, they have uh, exclusives that are generally there, uh, again, mm-hmm con exclusives etc um the past couple of years they ended up having them based off of uh the the planeswalkers that were coming out for the the current set over the summer um some of those are you know big home runs some of those are, are misses but they're usually um very alternate art style uh foiled out etc so they're they're super collectible um now that they changed the magic set rotation i'm not entirely sure what they're doing if it's just going to be like a subset of uh the planeswalkers that exist in the current standard environment or whatever so that's what i always try to get to and that's always one of my big things for just the the weekend is making sure i i get that um and being able to kind of camp out and do that is is a good time um and then Usually they have a couple of the big panels. So like if I can try to get into a Hall H one day, um, this year I only have a Thursday and a Sunday pass just based on, on how we were able to get badges, um, mm-hmm. which San Diego is generally the one to, the hardest one to get badges for. Um, I believe almost every other one, including New York Comic Con, you can still get badges almost up to the day of. New York, I think, still sells out beforehand. But even as of C2E2, you could walk up and, and buy badges a day of. Um, but for San Diego, I was only able to get Thursday and Sunday, so I don't know what they would have for some of the bigger, uh, bigger ones on, on those days. But uh, two years ago, the Star Wars panel on Friday night was amazing at, at Comic Con uh, or at San Diego. So I'm hoping that I can find a way to to, to get in on Friday um, and and see if uh, if there is a Star Wars panel then for for Episode Eight because that would be pretty awesome. Um, but other than that, I just enjoy the, you know going. Uh, it's, you know, it, for that one, it's just, it's still a vacation as well. Um, there's a ton of offsite stuff as well. As the con has grown, there's been a lot more investment into outside stuff. Um, and so I, I know uh, with San Diego, New York has some of it as well. Um, but just San Diego, because it's right down on the harbor, there's tons of stuff. They spread out. You can go all over basically the, the downtown area and, and get tons of stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff to look forward to. Um, but for me, like the biggest thing across all the cons and, uh, both my wallet and the current guest room now would, would say otherwise or say or confirm this. Um, the the biggest things that, that I look forward to are the, the con floor um, where you have all types of vendors, all types of artists. Um, most of the cons usually have, you know, vendors and artists alley um, 
to, to separate stuff through where you've got, you know, some exclusives, um, where last year, one of the exclusives, um, I bought just out of sheer irony, triviality, uh, you know, uh, not really necessity was a, uh, a, a, a plush pizza kit, um, that had different slices of pizza, but they're different colors. And they tell you what the, if your color of poop matches that color, what could be wrong with your poop? Um, and so it's, it's very yeah. cute, very cuddly, but it's, uh, I, I forget, uh, what the name of it is, but it's like, uh, one of the, it's like something or something, something DBA poop culture or something like that. So that's cool. Um, now, the rest of my stuff I usually buy ends up being a shit ton of art. Um, so with all the artists, there's tons of, of artists there uh, being magic artists, being uh, just pure comic artists, uh, fantasy artists. The biggest ones that I like are kind of a cool, interesting take on the existing uh, kind of existing tropes or just existing characters. Um, I mean, you'll end up seeing like, a couple hundred artists there that are, are simply like selling the, what they drew, which is great. I mean, they're obviously very talented. It's, it ends up being something as a, a print of something like one of the characters they're known for. Um, they had a run on a series, et cetera, stuff like that, but it's still just the character, um, that you're used to seeing all over the place. It's, you know, Spider-Man shooting webs or it's, you know, Thor with his hammer or Captain America with a shield, et cetera. Um, more of the stuff I like is kind of the unique take on that. So a lot of the stuff I picked up uh, this past weekend at C2E2 was um, a lot of the character silhouettes, but it's done using negative space. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool to see, like, the Flash running uh, in a landscape uh, setting um, that is the only color is basically the negative space. The only reason you can tell it's the Flash is because, you know, that's the only part that's white on the kind of the print. Um and so some of the things like there, there's another artist, um, who is, uh, who's pretty popular. Um, and like everybody that saw his stuff two years ago at, at Comic-Con, like went back and bought more of it, um, where, uh, it's, uh, his, it's Scoffy Studios. Um, but he ends up basically creating a bunch of, uh, uh, images based off of, uh, words or based, based off of basically like lines from the movie or lines from the book or, or whatever. Um, and so, uh, like the one I got last year at C2E2 was uh, basically a picture of BB-8 um, and 11 by 17, but it had every line of dialogue from the force awakens like in uh, and kind of crafted on the page and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool, interesting art that's there um, that you just keep walking around. You, you know, you talk to the artists, they're, they're very interested to see like to hear like what you're looking for. Um, Cause they'll obviously go create more. Um, but then there's, there's always, you know, a good amount of stuff to do. So we've, uh, got a handful of stuff, you know, hung at the moment. I think I can see like four or seven frames right around me, uh, between the, the two different hallways I can see from my desk. Um, and so we've got to figure out what we're doing there to kind of rotate some of that new art in, um, just because, uh, there's just, there's so much there you can, uh, it's usually, you know, anywhere from 10 to $20 for a print. Um, the more you buy, the more you save, you know, the, the typical trope there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop buying. I just kept saving more money. Um, so, you know, you buy like a couple, it'll be like two for 50. I still don't know how the math worked out for one of the purchases I made because it seemed like it was even less than if I just started linearly, figuring out what it was like there was like a this big like drop off where i bought one more and i saved like more than i would have had if i bought just one less so it didn't really work out 
I'm not complaining. They were happy. I was happy. So, it, <laughs> it, you know, we came home with the right amount of art per se. So that's fine. Um, the biggest thing like for the, the floor though, is the floor is massive. I mean, I want to say the, the, at C2E2, it was probably the biggest, the hall area in, uh, in the convention center. It, it usually takes up the majority of the San Diego convention center floor space for, for out there. Um, but the two big things I say is like when you, you know who you want to look for, especially at the bigger cons, just because you're never going to be able to find it again. Um, so kind of know they, they number them and things like that. So figure out where they are, know like what you're coming back to. Like if you're just, you know, like you said, you want to grab a beer, walk around and, and fight, like just look at stuff. Um, that's fine. Just kind of keep a notepad or kind of, they'll give you the program, just write down or circles places that you want to get back to, because trust me, you're not going to be able to find it again because it's like, it was next to that place that was selling action <laughs> figures that had Lucha Libre masks. And then there was a, a kind of a, a weird wig stand across the way. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's 13 of those places that you're going to look at that you're going to be able to find using those landmarks. You're not going to be able to find it unless you either know the name or you know the booth number. So, you know, map it out. Uh, similarly, if they're an artist or if they're uh, kind of a bigger shop, get a card, um, a business card, because they're, they're more than happy to, to give those out to you. Most of the time, you know, they have the websites on there um, that you can get back to. But they're the ones that are that's going to basically, you know, help you get back to there. And it's always easier to kind of, uh, you know, go in the morning when foot traffic's light, but then you don't want to buy stuff in the morning because then you got to lug that shit around all day and you don't want to have a nice print like being thrown on the floor when you're in a panel or something like that. So that, yeah. that's just a pain in the ass. Um, so unless you, you know, you want to sherp it up or you have a cosplay that allows you to have like uh, a Mary Poppins bag of holding, uh, you, <laughs> you generally want to, you know, come back at a later time to, to pick up some of the stuff or, you know, swing back on your way out to pick up some of that stuff. Um but at the same time, if there's exclusives or if there's something that is really popular or something that you definitely want, like don't hold out on it just because those things do go fast. Um, there was a print that I wanted to get for a, a former coworker this weekend um, from one of the other uh, artists that I, I'm a big fan of at, at Monkey Minion Press, um, and he just sold out. It was it was not one that he kind of had mass produced, but it was one that they had uh, kind of less copies of, uh, and you know by midday Saturday it was gone. Um, and it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. So stuff does sell out if you definitely want it. If you, you know, can't live without it. it, just get it and deal with it later on. Some of those things end up being a, uh, um, an issue again, like I said, for carrying around or, or you may end up, you know, paying a little bit more for it, but if it's saving you time from having to come back again, so you can go do a panel or you can go get another exclusive, if it's, you know, saving you the headache of, of dealing with it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just makes sense to do it then. Um, and then kind of on the other side of the spectrum, as opposed to, you know, if you see it, buy it. Um, the other thing is wait for as long as possible to buy stuff. Like if it's something where it's not going to be super popular, it's not something that's super unique or it's something that, you know, there's a lot of on the floor. Um, wait till, you know, the close of the show to get that. Um, there's a ripped apparel, RIPT apparel was, had a booth here. Um, and like earlier in the weekend, I think it was, Saturday morning, um, they had a, uh, a map of the Chicago subway system. Um, so the, the L system here, uh, but it was in the art style of super Mario brothers. Um, and so that was pretty awesome. I was like, that is super sweet. That would definitely go in our hallway. Let's go ahead and get it now. So you don't have to worry about it. So I paid, you know, 20 bucks or whatever, picked it up. But then Sunday evening show ended at five. I was walking around 
Um, then they ended up having all of their shirts on where they were selling for the weekend, I think for 20 or 25. Um, and then they were basically selling them all any color, any size, any style, um, two for 20. So everything is, you can generally, you know, you can start to haggle, you can go into a fire sale for all this stuff because again, for these bigger vendors that have a shit ton of supply on the floor, the more they sell, the less they have to take home. So if you walk in, I probably could have got, you know, three shirts for 20 or, or even something more just so that they could pack less and take home less. Um, and so if, if you know a vendor, if there's stuff that, that is, you know, going back to uh, some of our, our magic trading uh, philosophies, if there is stuff there that is haggleable, give them a, give them a decent offer and they'll probably give like, let you take it. So if it's like, if it's a commodity good or like a cool new t-shirt or a new print or something, like they'll probably work with you. If it's like a super collectible, you know, one quarter scale Millennium Falcon model or something like that, you're, you're probably not going to be able to haggle that much because they're probably looking to get a good deal on it. Um, but uh, I mean, for as far as waiting till the end, you're able to do that. I know the, uh, the Star Wars booth at San Diego um, every year they've had, they've always had what they call a, uh, uh, or their, their much hallowed annual uh, end of con auction. So they have stuff like if you want like a Yoda backpack or you want like Wookiee slippers or you want, you know, a Jedi master bathrobe. Um, that's like the one, one of the central star Wars booths on the San Diego floor. They always just like at like, I, I think the show ends at five. So it's like, 4:30, I want to say 4:15 or something, whatever. They always end up having like an auction. I haven't gotten anything from it, but I always just walk over and watch. And it's people just like throwing up like they, it, it's just a character that they that they love, but because they're getting it basically like 20 percent of what you could buy it during the show, they're just throwing cash at at people to to kind of get stuff. So it's pretty interesting to see what people walk away with, where it's like they just end up walking away with like, they, they just robbed like a, a stuffed animal factory or something. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty interesting and you can get a lot of value. You can get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, toys if you have kids and stuff like that. So it's, you, you can, you can definitely get away with a lot of stuff. There's definitely a lot of giveaways for like kids and stuff like that. So it's like, you're not going to get your value out of the con. Um, but if there's stuff that you really like, or you're, you're looking to kind of, um, come away pretty cheap from, from that, or even, uh, I picked up a couple of books, um, both graphic novels and, and single comic issues um, where they were, you know, cheaper than what they were being advertised. Just because, again, if they're selling it, they're not going to have to pack it up and take it home with them. So that goes a long way. No, the um, yeah, no, like, I mean, always getting a good deal is good. Like the playthrough sort of had the problem that I had with uh, playthrough seemed to have the problem that um, uh, I see at a lot of, a lot of magic events is that there's a lot of looky lose, but nobody's spending a ton of cash. Yep. Um, especially, I noticed that uh, the deal that I got on that top loader, that copy of DuckTales 2 and that Maxi 15 cart, is not a deal I should have been getting on the first, you know, six hours into the convention. Yep. And um, it was real bad. You know, I was I bought I bought all the rarest stuff that I saw, which is weird. Like I'm not, you know, I don't I don't do that. You know, but I was able to do it there and they just didn't bring people that didn't bring enough rare stuff. Like, and it sucks because like, I'm at the, you know, I, I'm the type of collector where I like, I like expensive things and, um, I like getting good deals on them, but I at least like seeing them, you know, to see whether or not, if it's like worth, if, you know, if it's worth picking up or if I can shop the boost or something like that, the, you know, 
it's bad if there's only one copy of, you know, Mighty Final Fight in the entire building. And it's a reproduction, you yep. know, um, like stuff like that's not, you know, that's not good and not the kind of stuff you want to see at a convention. Um, I've been thinking about I want see I want to do one of the, the retro gaming conventions like uh, Portland Gaming Expo, Retro Gaming Expo. OK. Um, and I think this year it's in October. I miss Retro Palooza, but I want to do one of those just to see what uh, can, that convention stuff is like. Um, I know sometimes folks end up, you know, like a game like Earthbound, which is nearing two hundred dollars, ends up being, you know, um, you know, like there's a lot of copies of them, but it sort of helps you figure out what's like truly rare and like or uncommon by the amount that you see them come up at at these events. Um, and it's that that kind of stuff is pretty cool. Like at magic events, like, you know, how often do you see power? You know, exactly. you see you see like a couple of the bigger name booths have it, but none of the smaller stores have it um, and that kind of stuff. Um you know, so it's it's like you know, it's it's sort of it's different. You know, it's sort of the sort of the same sort of sort of different to you know the stuff that's just kind of produced. Um, you don't get you do get fire sales on Sunday uh, for those conventions. I've watched enough YouTube videos and and followed enough of the guys to notice that they do get there's fire sale stuff on Sundays, which I was actually really looking forward to. Uh, for retro gaming, uh, not retro gaming, retro, but for the playthrough convention, and uh, but nobody had anything. Like, uh, it was really weird. It was a really weird convention, dude. Really weird. Well, and that's. I mean, there's there's so much unique stuff at, at this thing. I mean, they they have uh, you know Gundam style uh, Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Um, they have. Uh, I mean, you name it. If there's if there's like two different kinds of uh, art styles and uh, kind of fandoms, they're definitely colliding. Um, uh, you've it's just it's it's mind blowing both some of the artists and then just some of the memorabilia that gets tracked. Um, mm-hmm. So you can you can definitely get uh, get a fair share fair share of what you want. Um, the big thing this year apparently was socks. Like everybody had socks as opposed to like years past where it was like, okay, yeah, there's like a pair of like wonder woman socks with a Cape or like Superman socks with a Cape. Like it wasn't really that fancy, but then like every booth had like tons of socks this year, which was mind blowing, which I guess just may mean other people need socks and don't buy them regularly. Um, but, uh, <laughs> socks seem cheap to produce. Yeah. That's where it's just like, again, I'm sure you could probably got your, you know, your next three years of, of worth of socks if you went in and offered somebody like a, a, a 20 for like half the table that they were packing up. So that, that probably could have been done there. Um, I mean, some of the more unique stuff, again, is going to the uh, going to like the independent artist booths or the independent comic writers booth and kind of talking to them. Um, I didn't get to hit as many this year at C2E2 as I did last year, um, but I try to make a, a habit of that at, at San Diego just to, to talk to some of them and see some of the newer stuff. Um or there's there's a lot of artists that aren't necessarily like uh, kind of like salary writers or artists for like Marvel or DC, but they kind of hop between a lot of things or do a lot of like individual projects. Um, so that was cool. Um, and so just there's no matter what you want to see it. I mean, similar to it's how I kind of you know classify the GPs for Magic, where it's just it's a convention for Magic, um, where you know if you're a fan of the genre, if you're a fan of the the 
pop culture area, uh, you'll be able to find what you want. So, I mean, uh, similar to um, here, you could buy like customizable modular like backpacks, um, all the way up to buying like uh, uh, corsets and you know full blown like uh, leather mail and uh, all this stuff, and then you know cosplay weapons and stuff like that. So there's you know whatever me as an eight-year-old thought I needed to spend my money on as an adult, like, it's there. You can spend your money on it as an adult. Um, and so that's that's the biggest thing for me as far as going there and, and kind of consistently going back where at the end of the day, I come home and be like, okay, let me see what I bought today. And I'm like, I didn't remember buying that. I didn't remember <laughs> buying this. I, I'm glad I did, but, you know, I saw it had to have it at the time, but I didn't remember buying any of this stuff, but now that it's awesome. So, um, you know, you're always able to get, you know, free T-shirts here and there. Um they were it, the funny thing was they they had a and San Diego does it too and a couple other cons I've done have uh, done it too where they they have a blood drive because there's a lot of people you know just standing around waiting in line so you know go take a load off and donate blood while you're there which is which is pretty cool uh, but they were advertising that you could get a free superhero T-shirt for donating to the or to, to for donating blood it was literally a gray T-shirt in black writing that said superhero on it oh my gosh so they weren't lying. But it wasn't necessarily a T-shirt that anybody would want or have in their drawer longer than, say, you know, three months. And then the first time they do a culling of their T-shirts, that one's going to be gone. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was just, it was funny on Friday because I heard them say, like, I wasn't thinking of doing it just based on, um, on the T-shirt, uh, but just doing it because depending on timing and, and all of that stuff, uh, we may have had some downtime to do it. So I was thinking of doing it, uh, but then when I saw the T-shirt on Saturday, it was literally a shirt that said superhero. I you know figured it wasn't it wasn't worth <laughs> as much at the time. That's funny. I know. I tell you this. Uh, speaking of the uh, GP stuff, man, I'm I'm close to getting off that whole magic pony. I'm close. Uh, you keep saying that, and then we'll uh, we'll have a whole episode when you do, and, and it can be a therapy <laughs> session when that actually happens. But uh, until then, it'll be a shit or get off the pot uh, type type commitment. I'm like I'm like ninety five percent close. Like my thing is, it's like. I'm seriously thinking like waiting, like just waiting two months for stuff to stabilize in legacy and then just doing it there. So I don't lose as much. Like I'm super duper close <laughs> and it's, it sucks, but you know, it's one of those things where the game, like I like to play draw control, like draw go kind of magic. And it, it, the games don't seem to be conducive to that kind of stuff anymore. So well, should you decide to finally move that that extra five percent towards the line, um, <laughs> I I know someone who is is in the market for cards and and will buy it because he doesn't care about playing draw go control or or any other type. <laughs> um, so so that is an option. Um, I mean, although and one of the one of the cool things was that again at C two E two they did have. Um, uh, a magic tournament and this weekend was a pre-release for a mm. cat, the most, the, the latest set. Um, and they, they were running some stuff there. Uh, I did not do a pre-release there. Um, I, because I still think I have the constitution of a college student, um, went to the con on Friday, came home, napped for an hour, drove out to my local store, went to the midnight pre-release there, got home at 4 AM, then went back to the con at 9 AM and did that for both, you know, uh, and then was there until nine o'clock at night because of the attending, Ooh, I almost forgot the Crown Cosplay Championship, so we'll talk about that too. Um, was there until <laughs> like 9 o'clock, got home here, passed out at like 10.30, woke up at 8 o'clock and went back to the con. So it was more of an exhausting weekend than anything, but I did hit that. <laughs> um, but I, we, I had a friend um, 
who did uh, partake in one of the uh, in one of the pre-releases at the at the C two E two gaming area, um, and they were having fun doing well. Um, but then he unfortunately uh, either it got knocked over into something or somebody stole a a, a pimped out eight rack deck um, that he had built. So uh, it had uh, a lot of foils, um, you know, unglued swamps. I think he had a playset of uh, uh, the. Uh, masterpiece uh, ensnaring bridges so it was a pretty penny um so uh if uh, again if there's if there's folks you know um that have some of the uh, the cards there that they would be able to use then uh you know let me know and, and he's looking to trade and or, or kind of build that back up since he had just finished that as well as also a living death there no yeah i have not seen anything uh anything terribly crazy that's one of the the the, the kind of crappy parts about magic is there's it's because everything's getting so expensive i don't think and that's my thing too is it's like if uh i I linked a video to uh to a chat of ours uh where there's the the one youtuber there uh who goes about oh you know the the average cost of this deck you know this deck is this how many just straight up board games can i get and uh i was like oh "Oh, that makes sense like (laughs) Like that's a lot of board games where you can get pretty much all the same functionality. Well, that's, but, I mean, for me, that's I'm kind of the opposite where I'm trying to condense down uh, the amount of crap I have. And if I can turn that into, uh, you know, less cards, uh, that's better for me. So, I, I mean, I just need a couple of high dollar stuff and things like that. Um, but basically, like the conversion rate of a, a thousand commons or uncommons to three bucks, so I can turn that into store credit. And eventually, you know, I, I was trying to do the math one day when I was doing something else, as far as figuring out if it would be um, like how many thousands of cards I would need to just buy like that one Liliana I need or whatever. But that'd be quite a, quite a, a number of, of commons and uncommons to, to condense down or crunch down. But uh, I, I'm just trying to, to looking at my bookcase here, just trying to condense that down. Um, but the other thing I would I would did want to touch on was the the cosplay championship. So the at C two E two, they have what they call the Crown Championships of Cosplay. There are a number of other kind of cosplay things, and most of the most of the bigger cons and even like Animazement is is really well known for their cosplay community. Um, but a lot of the bigger cons have like a cosplay pageant or you know pick a, find a thesaurus and pick a word for pageant. And that's what they call it cosplay whatever. Um, yeah, and so this one where they have. Again, since it's on like a circuit, they have uh, worldwide cosplay championships. So they have folks from like Europe, folks from Southeast Asia, um, I can't uh, Australia, China, and I, I want to. I can't remember some of the other ones. Uh, but they had the basically the the regional one from uh, everybody from the Midwest compete over a period of time, uh, and they have like different classes of. Uh, uh, needlework armor larger than life special effects etc and some of these were amazing where like it was literally something where somebody was in a costume that was like a a full scale 12 foot tall like exoskeleton and stuff like this that are you know all handmade and and stuff like that so some of these are are pretty amazing um and then they the judges they had everybody there the judges deliberated for a while came back and then kind of uh um basically had like a a really oddly explained like runoff where the the winner of this one went against the winner of new york and then the winner of that was the american champion and then immediately the winner of that went against like the rest of the world and so it was this really weird like timing of that um 
<clears throat> but a lot of the costumes were amazing. I mean, just the fact that these are people doing it on their own, building it out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and just kind of seeing some of these, you know, from obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of Warcraft, a lot of Skyrim, a lot of like those types of, uh, of like, uh, inspirations. But then there was a guy that was like a, a seven foot tall Mohawk, the gremlin from gremlins, uh, which mm -hmm. was amazing and, and life-size. And I'll, I'll, I think I got a video of that that I'll, I'll link to the, to the website. Um, but the, for me, the, the best part was, I mean, seeing all the costumes was amazing, but then they had, um, uh, the judges deliberated for about an hour, which was a, a, a good bit of time. So we were in there from like seven to a little after nine. Um, and so there was an hour in between there where we were killing time and they essentially had a DJ, um, on stage that was playing and then they got the audience involved. Um, but one of the games they played was they had to like give them like the best, like dad joke, pun pickup line type thing. Um, which was interesting when you get that many people in a room and, you know, crowd control and stuff like that. But they also had like a dance contest. Um, and I, they were, they were live streaming this on Twitch. I don't know if they, they saved it so we can go back and, and link to it or not. But, um, you end up having that many people that are generally con attendees. Um, and then I think they had like six people on there. Uh, and these are all like all your classic, like uh, throwback, like club style songs. Um, but the first one was a guy from a small town in Illinois, you know, down South or, or out West um, that uh, had a, had a pretty big uh, beard going on. Uh, and he just, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. And then he walked up and didn't know what he was going to be dancing to. And then hips don't lie came on and he just broke it down. He shook his ass like crazy <laughs> and the crowd went wild. And I mean, I, I don't think it, it like anybody was going to beat him after that. Um, and then, uh, there are a couple of people like the, there was a, uh, uh, a girl dressed up as beast girl from, uh, teen Titans um, and she got, uh, ice ice baby. So she was essentially like lip syncing to that, like with full, like choreographed, uh, movements and stuff. Um, what's the, the main character or one of the main characters from Assassin's Creed? I forget the name. Um, uh, Enzio. Yeah. So it was like, uh, Which one? There's... so it was like one of the earlier ones, but like in full, like Assassin's Creed assassin gear. Um, and then they got uh, whip and Nene. And so they were up there doing the whip and Nene, like in full Assassin's Creed, uh, regalia. <laughs> Um, and so it was, that was just, it was, it was hysterical to watch because it was super awkward, but super hilarious. And like, it, it made the time go by pretty fast. Um, so just, I, I mean, that's kind of, for me, one of the bigger things of, of going and just being able to kind of chill, relax. And uh, again, that was the end of a super long day after having been up at the, the pre-release and everything in the morning. Um, but then just having it kind of go and be fun and, and, and literally crying in tears laughing. Cause I've never seen, you know, somebody who shouldn't like, or who you would never expect to be dancing like that, just, you know, absolutely tear it up. And for me, as somebody who doesn't dance without a <laughs> supreme amount of alcohol, um, is it was just, it was hysterical to watch and, and even better. So, um, uh, it was kind of good for the room as well. Yeah, no, like that, I, that kind of stuff is cool. Like those are always the fun experiences, you know, that I think are, are that, that ultimately do make, uh, go into those kind of conventions worth it. Uh, the, of course it always does help to go with like a, a group of good friends. I, I think, I think, uh, um, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of the same stuff. It's, you know, it, it, it does get tough getting that good group, uh, together, you know, with schedules and everything. But I, I think all that stuff and, um, you know, it's, it's a group of people that are, that are to have a good time. 
uh, they're together to have a good time. So it really seems to, to bring all that together, which is cool. Like that's, that's, that's really cool. You don't get that uh, at a lot of gatherings. So that's actually something that's really cool. Yeah, no, it'll, uh, conventions are good. We got, we got to sit down and maybe we can actually get a, a schedule of some conventions. I can, uh, course you into going with me, uh, too. Well, that or just the, like, like we said, the larger group, just so we could have a, a group of friends or at least a, a small group of friends, uh, to hit up the same one. So that, that shouldn't be too bad to kind of figure out some that are either in the middle, um, or make sense to just kind of, uh, tag team and hit up, hit up. Yeah. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about doing Port. I'm seriously thinking about doing Portland, uh, this year. Uh, it's on the other side of the country, but I don't know if there's another, I'll have to do research, but I don't think there's like another retro gaming convention that's like sort of in the area that would almost kind of be worth it to check out. I, uh, (laughs) I do a little research on that, but no, like, uh, no, it'll be fun. That'll, that'll be fun. Get out there and, uh, do some convention stuff. So I I guess we should just add like, so you would recommend, uh, you would recommend people to check out conventions and that kind of stuff. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, if you're again, listening to the podcast, you're probably going to be, uh, a fan of one of the types of areas that, you know, we talk about or that we're fans of. Um, so that ends up being something where again, you go, whether you're there for cosplay, whether you're there for panels, whether you're there for autographs, whether you're there for comics or stories or collectibles or whatever. Uh, I mean, you're going to be able to find stuff that you like, people that you like, um, and, you know, artists and dealers and kind of all the people that love the same stuff that you love. So, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you go there? Uh, just, it's kind of a, as long as you can get it, keep an eye out and just, you know, uh, go have some fun, whether it's for a single day, uh, or, you know, the, the three, four day, you know, passes that some of them offer. It's, it's a, it's a great time. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, I, I haven't been to many, um, but I've been to things that are similar. So I, uh, I would, it's something I think I would also recommend, um, just for folks to check out and it, important, as we said, you know, just keep the open mind, you know, go to have fun. Uh, and I notice I've, I've noticed personally, if you always just go in that mindset of just going to have fun and not taking the, the whole thing too seriously, uh, you should have a good time. I agree completely. So on that note, uh, Batman will tell you to go study, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll be good for the week. It's 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 the, it's the group of books that uh, that 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 you don't need, but it's the group of books that you deserve. Exactly. Please listen carefully. <laughs>